This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at Ravinia.org. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. It's been about five months since pandemic-era SNAP benefits ended. And for some folks, it has been dire. There are a lot of people out here dealing with food insecurity. And the way these grocery prices have gone up, some of us are dealing with it for the first time. Our clients range from those who are newly unemployed or in an immediate financial crisis to folks who are maybe senior citizens and living on very fixed social security payments. Uh, We serve the homeless, the true homeless that come in anytime that we're open uh, and give them food. This is John Cy Harris. He's the executive director of the Irving Park Community Food Pantry. They have all kinds of people coming through their doors. And recently, they've been serving more Ukrainian refugees and migrant families from Central and South America, too. Elvia Esparza works with John, and she's a client services coordinator. There hasn't been a week that we haven't registered one or several families that are new to our pantry because they just came in. I talked to John and Elvia to get a sense of how their pantry is doing right now. Short answer, busy. When people lose their SNAP benefits, when they have to choose between groceries and rent, or when they've just arrived to the United States, food pantries are often their first go-to. Here's John again. I can think of a story um, that happened not too long ago where um, a family showed up, and I believe they were from Venezuela, and they had migrated here. And along the way, they lost two of their family members who perished um, on the trip. And they pretty much showed up at our food pantry with just the clothes on their back um, and so forth. So we really do see, you know, a wide array of folks every week. Yeah. Um, It's been about four to five months since the reductions in SNAP benefits have happened Um, How have you seen that impact things at the pantry um, in that time? So families that may have stopped coming because the increase in their SNAP benefits was quite a bit or they got approved for benefits when in the past they wouldn't have been approved um, because they're just a little over the income. Um, They stopped coming during that time. But yeah, in the moment that that was cut off, they were back. Um, they're like, you know, I, I'm barely making it with the income I have, whether it's, uh, you know, benefits, Social Security, retirement benefits or employment. Um, and then along with that, you have the increase in food prices. So they really got hit twice. Um, so we've seen families that we hadn't seen in, in some time. Yeah. Um you know, you, you talked about the increase in food prices, the decrease in SNAP benefits. This is really a part of a larger kind of roller coaster <laughs> that's been happening. Um, I know that, you know, a lot of people will talk about, you know, how SNAP benefits were even prior to the pandemic, how the pandemic changed things. And then you have the increase in SNAP benefits that happened kind of after the pandemic started. Um, and then and then we get into that decrease in benefits and the increase in inflation and, and food prices. I'm wondering if um, if you can kind of talk about that roller coaster and how you've seen that play out at the pantry. 
Um, John, if you want to speak to that. Well, back in uh, 2020, when we were in the middle of the worst of the pandemic, our numbers shot up to close to 4,000 people in, in over 2,500 households that we were serving every month. So there was just an, uh, an unbearable need. Uh, many other pantries within the community had closed because of safety protocols or uh, any number of other reasons. So we were seeing people that were coming from all over the place. Um, but then, you know, that pattern kind of uh, peaked and, and went downhill a little bit last year. So our numbers were within maybe about the three to 400 households a month range. Mm -hmm. um, and now since the, the SNAP benefits have been reduced, we're up to at least 500 plus households a month, including a, a good number of clients like Elvia says that we hadn't seen. Um, our pantry actually moved about four years ago to a new location. Oh, okay. And we have people that hadn't come to our pantry since we moved and were actually showing up at the old location looking for us. Uh, so that kind of just wow. shows you the the kind of the wide net the of impact that this has had within the community where people that were able to do without us for three or four years are now all of a sudden coming back to us again. Yeah. Um, Elvia... What else are you hearing from folks about how they're dealing with this decrease in, in SNAP benefits coupled with the increase in, in grocery prices? I actually had a, a client who actually, um, we have a home delivery program and her prior to her coming onto the home delivery program, she had explained she's on fixed income um, disability benefits, but she was saying how her and her boyfriend were trying to stretch out the food. So like not eating as many meals a day um, or just eating, wow. you know, food, foods that ideally aren't too healthy for you just mm -hmm. to try to make it uh, to try to uh, stretch the little bit of snap she was getting um, and make it through the month. Uh, so fortunately, we were able to help her with one time a month delivery. But yeah, there's families that are just having to cut back on meals or what they're eating isn't what they would ideally want to be eating. Yeah. Um, what? John, what are some of the strategies that Irving Park um, Community Food Pantry is employing to help clients kind of mitigate those other household costs? Well, to the extent possible, uh, obviously, we, we do what we can food-wise for mm -hmm. folks, and that's obviously a big uh, chunk of somebody's paycheck that goes to food. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, we have a number of other uh, wraparound services and programs that are there to help. One of them is we're, uh, we're fortunate to have Alvia on our staff as our uh, client services coordinator. So clients that do come in looking for food, um, you know, we can certainly put a Band-Aid on the problem by giving them a few bags of food, but we try to delve a little bit deeper. And so Alvia is available to meet with them to see if there's any other resources within the community that they can be connected to or any programs or benefits that they may be entitled to and just not know about. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we actually pioneered a number of years ago um applying for SNAP benefits in a food pantry so with the Greater Chicago Food Depository. So basically the clients that are coming in looking for food, we can give them some food to handle their immediate need. But assuming they qualify, we can help them to apply for SNAP benefits so that they can at least get some ongoing uh, support as well. Uh, in addition to that, we recognize that many households have pets. And, you know, pet care and pet food is also 
uh, spiraling as is people food at this particular time. And many of our uh, households that do have pets are sometimes more stressed out about feeding their pet than they are about themselves. Uh, so we were actually one of the first food pantries in Cook County to create a mm. pet food pantry within our or within our pantry. So clients that are coming to look for people food can also get pet food from us mm-hmm. as well. So we do try to whatever extent we can uh, to meet maybe small needs here and small needs there that maybe when they're collated together have like an even bigger impact on, on somebody's ability to stay above water. John, I hear you saying that um, there are more migrants coming in. Also, you know, it, it's called the food pantry. Uh, it's well, I guess it's it's a community pantry, right? Which really reflects a lot of, um, you know, the kind of the wraparound services that you provide. You got into the funding a little bit. I mean, how are you keeping afloat with all of these fluctuations in the numbers of people coming through? Uh, well, first of all, we do amazing work, and it's primarily done through a, a fantastic group of volunteers that every week um, are involved in one way or another within our food pantry, um, and we could not do it without them. Uh, so number one, I, I, I just would like to put them on the pedestal and <laughs> shine all the lights on them and so forth because they really deserve uh, great respect and appreciation from us. Yeah. Um, so that helps a lot. Um, one of the, the interesting things that we found was during the time of the pandemic, um, even though the, the, everyone or a lot of people were in a financial crisis, the actual community uh, rallied around our food pantry because they realized how vital it was uh, to the community. So our fundraising and donations increased substantially during that time, which has helped us to cover um, a lot of our expenses. We are a, a member of the Greater Chicago Food Depository Network, so we get maybe about 70 to 75% of our food from the depository. Uh, but we also do get food from uh, other sources, including twice a week donations from Whole Foods, um, donations from farms. Nyack Farms came by a few weeks ago with a huge semi on, on our little side street and brought us a uh, uh, hundreds of pounds of corn oh that was gosh. harvested the day before. Wow. Uh, there, there's a couple of community gardens within the community that support us regularly. And within the broader community, there's probably about 30 plus uh, food drives each year that are held uh, for our benefit, be it through schools or churches or even local businesses. Uh, so, you know, we're very grateful for the, for the support of everyone who has stepped up to help us to meet this need. And we really couldn't have done it without them. Um, Do you ever think about a context in which a pantry like yours or SNAP benefits themselves weren't needed? And and if so, what does that look like? I personally think it's just the... So whether it's, you know, seniors or disabled individuals, what they get is a benefit. I mean, it's not a livable amount. And even like the wages, a lot of our families are in entry level jobs. The pay they're getting is not enough. So I think it really starts at that, like how much 
a lot of these jobs and benefits, you know, social benefits are paying individuals. I mm-hmm. think if there was more income, along with housing, housing has become so expensive. I think that's the biggest expense for our clients is housing and the fact that they don't make enough income to cover just their housing alone. The reality is I, I think that there's a need for food pantries to exist as a community safety net, you know, when people need it you know, they they can access it. And maybe when they're in a position where, you know, finances are a little bit better, hopefully maybe they can then contribute to the food pantry so mm-hmm. that we can be there to help those that need us at a future point. And at, the, at this particular point in time, I think that's the best that can be done. It's very unfortunate that our country and our government is so divided uh, over so many issues. And you know, time and again, it's those who are least able to speak up for themselves. Uh, they're the ones that are most bearing the brunt of a lot of what's going on. And it's really just unfortunate. And we see it every week um, outside of being there and doing all that we can. I, I I wish I had another answer, but I don't. Yeah. Well, that's the reality. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's what else can you say? Um I guess, you know, my last question would be just like, what role do you see the pantry um, as in the community? Um, and, and how do those two interact, would you say? Well, from from my perspective, and I've been through two, um, <laughs> I would say, major significant issues on my watch here at the food pantry. The first was the 2008 economic collapse. Mm. Um, and then, of course, the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And in both cases, you know, you realize that the food pantry is usually or one of the first, if not the first place that people who are in crisis turn to wow. when they open their their kitchen cabinets and there's no food in them and nothing in the refrigerator. You know, they're likely to come to us, really not even being aware of what other resources are out there because you're trying to solve your immediate need first to feed yourself and your family. So I think uh, the food pantry a lot of times is the point of first contact for mm. people who are in need. And, you know, one of the things that we've worked on and continue to work on is trying to, to, to take that role seriously and say, okay, you're coming in, you know, you're in need you know, here's how we can help you a little bit more longer term. And then we look at things like SNAP or, you know, employment, um, childcare, whatever the other issues are, and, and try to help them with that as well. So I think before other organizations and, and maybe even government agencies start seeing these folks, I have a feeling that a lot of food pantries are seeing them first. Yeah. Anything you'd add to that, Elvia? Well, I was just to say, I think we're also like a bridge for, like John said, you know, the families that need these resources. Often, if you're talking about going to like a IDHS office, that can be pretty, like, a, I think a pretty scary thing to do, yeah. especially for families um, that are new to it. It's the first time maybe they've been in the situation um, or they've had a negative experience already. So I think coming to a pantry sort of like... Um, puts a little bit of cushion there. Like, you know, I I like to say that our volunteers are very um, kind and we really, you know, work do all we can to be respectful and just really create a welcoming environment. So I think in being that we can do that, we can also then connect clients and families to some of these other resources that might be a little more uh, challenging or a little scary to try to... uh, 
reach out to. Yeah. Well, thank you for the work that you're doing. Elvia Esparza is the client service coordinator at the Irving Park Community Food Pantry. Thank you for being here, Elvia. Thank you. And John Cy Harris is the executive director of the Irving Park Community Food Pantry. John, thank you. Thank you for having us. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR network. If you love the show, please rate and review us. It helps more people find The Rundown. I'm Erin Allen. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you on Monday morning. <laughs>